Hey, what's the promo code? Dangle. That's right. Manscaped.com. Promo code Dangle. 20% off and free shipping. Go do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. You know what's stupid? You. You know what's stupid? You. Your mom. Stupid. Now, I'm I'm an only child. I don't have any brothers. But if I if I did and we were both in the NHL, I'll sure shit tell you this. I'd never cheer for them ever. Okay. I would never cheer for my brothers because fuck them. Yeah. And their team. Even if my team didn't make the playoffs and wasn't in the same conference. You know, okay. I, can we can we spend a moment on that? Well, yeah. Yeah. So um, explain I, what's happening. So okay. That, yeah. Brady Kachuk <laughs> is yeah. in the stands. Brady Kachuk, captain of the Ottawa Senators, is in the stands in Calgary for every... Flames home game cheering on his brother Matthew what a dick it's really cool idiot yeah it is really cool stupid dickhead but I'm not gonna lie and obviously I didn't say this out loud but my first impulse mm-hmm. the first time I saw it was boy that's strange it's not just that he was there watching it it's how into it he was oh okay yeah that makes sense and mm-hmm. I was like boy this is strange because I had never really seen something like this. Right. And not just an active player in the NHL, but like a star and a captain going nuts for the other team. And then it was like, why is this strange at all? <laughs> it's not strange. It's cool. Why? It's weird that I was conditioned to think this. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because it's the sort of thing John Tortorella would hate. John Tortorella would hate this. Who is not doing their job and not asking him about it? I know. Arda. Arda. Arda Orkal, get on that Get on that right now. I want to hear John's bad take, and you need to lead him down the path to bad takeville. That's right. You tell PK, who's doing a great job, by the way, to stop it for just a second. We want to hear what Torts has to say, and and then we want to laugh at him on Twitter about it. PK would be great to ask about it, too. He's, he's got Actually, two, two... But you know what PK's pro. answer would be. He'd be like, my loyalty is to my family. And, and that's what I love about the Kachucks is like, they... Uh, the Kachucks come first in the Kachuk's world. 
Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get the... If you ask the Sutters that, though, I'm not so sure in their playing careers, it would have been the same. Like, like the Sutters are so... No, they are very, like, stoic. Dude, Daryl Sutter is the most unintentionally funny guy in the National Hockey League. He's been, he's been amazing. Uh, the press conferences have been his, great. His but, face in the end of the But if you saw Sutter when he was playing with his, like, six other brothers in the NHL... Yep. Five other brothers, I guess. The what, six didn't whatever. make it. Um, the I think they would have been like, no, it's team. You know, I'm there. Like yep. they would have been in the stands and watching, but they wouldn't have been wearing like the same color as their team. They would have been wearing a suit and a tie and sitting there and being polite about it. Yes, I'm here supporting, uh, but I can't cheer for them because that's not my team. Hooray. I like that the Kachucks, who even through the contract negotiations are like, uh, like when they asked Matthew about it, he's like, yeah, I hope he gets as much money as he possibly can. Yep. And you ask Brady, Brady's like, he's worth it. Pay him. Yep. And well, and Keith Kachuk is not just in it for the Kachuks. He's in it for Keith Kachuk. Because did you see last night, Matthew scores the ninth goal of the game for the Flames. It's a hat trick goal. And Keith wouldn't throw his hat. No, it's because it's his favorite hat. Because, you read the lips, <laughs> right? Quote. He knows it's his favorite, favorite hat. hat. Uh, I'm not no. throwing this. No. <laughs> I love that. I got to be honest. I wouldn't throw. I've never been in, in an arena for a hat trick and I wouldn't throw my hat. Don't bring a hat. What do you it, mean? If I have never worn a hat to a hat trick, I've seen several hat tricks. You got to throw the hat. You what if, what if I want to keep my hat? <laughs> then you shouldn't have worn it. It's woe is you. You got to see your home team score a hat trick. So you're saying even if I like my hat, I have to give it away. Yeah. That's the ridiculous rules. You're ridiculous. See, when your head's fat like that. mine, you never wear a hat. Let's, so let's, you just applaud. Let's, let's hear why it's dumb that Brady's cheering for Matthew as well. You hate fun. I don't hate fun. I just want to keep my hat. Why would you throw your hat? Why would you throw your hat? I like my hat. The hat I I usually wear now is the SDPN hat. That I could throw because I can always just get a new one. What is this? Because I I know where the hats come from there. But if I I had like a really nice Jays hat or something that I like or like a nice Raptors hat, I probably wouldn't throw it. How how likely am I going to find that hat again? So I don't know where I can get the hat. Okay. This is a three man give away my hat. This is ridiculous. Three man executive here in this business. Adam, are you okay with Jesse wasting our business's money on hats? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, because no, 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 because the Blue Jays hat is so valuable, right? No, No, not the SDPN. No, the SDPN hat is very replicable. I can get another one from where I know it's from. Oh, and there's only like three Jays hats in no, the world. It's, it, <laughs> I don't know if the, the, uh, the Jays hat I have, if it's in, if I go to a Lids and I can find it again. So I don't, I'm not going to throw it away if I like it because I don't know if I can find I it. See, I think You're that's wrong. Does that make because, sense? No, it doesn't because in, in, in actuality, the SDPN hats are rarer than the Jays hats. Far no, they're not. There are less of them. Far they're, more rare. But, but we can make just as many. That is <laughs> That's very not, not true. true. We don't have the financial backing. <laughs> so therefore, Jesse, therefore, <laughs> by keeping your SDPN hat and yeah. throwing your Jays hat, you are hanging on to the more uh, rare quality. But quantity, I can, I can me. get another one. I can't get another one of the Jays hat. Yes, you can. No, that specific hat? Where am I going? I don't know if I can find it. I'm going to go on Blue Jays. Okay, and I don't know if I can find the specific hat I'm wearing that day. 
Mm-hmm. Is all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, first. So let's, I, okay, I'll, I'll, let's, go, I'll, let's go down this path. When, let's when, go down this when path. Matthew scores a hat trick, I'll sit in in Scotiabank Arena. I'll go on my phone. I'll check lids to see if they have the exact same Jays hat that I'm wearing. And if they do have it, then I'll throw it. But if so, they don't, I'll keep it on my head. And by the time he d- he's done that, they've already picked up all the hats. Play started. There's I'll Jesse throw throwing it. his hat on the crazy. I'll throw it between the next period or whatever plays happen. <laughs> and while you're doing that, yeah. I'm gonna run out into the concourse, yeah. grab five or six phone books. Stack them, climb them, take the hat off your head, and throw it onto the ice. <laughs> I don't believe in throwing hats during hat tricks, if you like your hat. I do. Okay. I'm with Mr. Kachuk here. Here's the one I'm iffy on, because it looks wrong. Where are you at on the toque? The throwing the Throwing the throwing toque. The toque I support it if you get it over the glass. Because you, you, have to, you have to fling. You can't throw you a toque. So you, if you, you, you have to, sw- you have it, to f- frisbee a hat and fling a toque. If you accomplish that, you get you get a beer or something. You get a high five. Yeah. You get a high five at least. It's like know? the teddy bear tosses yeah. they do in the OHL. I'm like, how did they get that from the second deck to the first deck? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the answer is, because I've been there for one of these, the answer is they didn't. And if you're sitting in the lower bowl, you're just going to get pelted. Oh, okay, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> with uh, tiny stuffed animals. Um, there is a there's a viral video from a London Knights game of a guy throwing one of those like ten foot teddy bears over the glass, and that's my dad's cousin. Oh. <laughs> He's like the London Knights all fan. Right. Yeah, it runs in the family. We're Do all I... unreasonable when it comes to hockey. <laughs> Adam, I know you have an early bedtime, so you didn't catch uh, Battle of Alberta with Steve Dangle. But Steve, there was a moment where the stream was not working, like you couldn't watch the game. And Steve oh, said, "Oh, that was difficult." And Steve said, uh, "I have to tap dance for a moment. I, I don't know how, but my cousin does." What do you think of that line? My cousin does. I don't know how. Do you have a cousin that tap dances? Yeah, literally. Like she's been in plays and stuff. <laughs> Did you explain that? No. <laughs> I thought it was just a funny thing to say. I thought it was it, a funny thing to as, say. As a, as a person who produces other shows, what I would tell you, as somebody who is hosting, that is context is key. I thought it's it was really a, I thought it was a cheeky line ever, as well. Have they ever on Virgin been like, by, by the way, there's going to be uh, no music for the next 20 minutes. So just like, do, do, do your thing. Like, I think do I, it here. We talk for 20 minutes without any music. Yeah, but you come in anticipating it. I was talking and randomly the game shut off. So I was like, all right, I'm going to tap dance. And then the first thing I thought of was my cousin Stephanie tap dances. I thought it was not bad. But it's it needed some context. Yeah, you needed to explain that as true because mm. that makes it even funnier. But I thought it was like not bad. So I'll, I'll I just want to get your thoughts. I'll on. workshop my material yeah. next time. I want to get your thoughts on Steve's freaking John lines. Mulaney over here. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> come on, come on, man. Wow, I have a, it's it was one one I more did my thing. One more time, give it to us. What's well? Oh, you're, sorry, everyone. I got a tap dance for a minute here. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not as good at it as my cousin. My cousin's actually a tap dancer. She's, she's been in many plays. It's true. Anyway, here, look, the game's back <laughs> and it's three, one Calgary. It was, the, it was, it was, it's, listen, listen. I, I'm liking it less and less the more wow. I hear it. <laughs> wow. I think you liked it because it was like 1130 at night. Yeah. If, if that might have been You can midnight. get away with the worse, the later it is, the worse it can be. And that's that's like the rule, and that's, and that's why when like when I started on the air, they put me on overnights. And you, it's weird because when you ha- when we used to have live overnight shifts, you develop like a cult like following. You weren't any good, but you just happened to be awake and connecting with the other Cretans that were awake. I don't like where this is going. Well, no, continue. I'm not saying I'm not saying that huh? about you. Huh? Obviously, you're pretty good at what you huh? do, Steve. I don't think anybody's denying that. Yeah, I don't know. 
Thank you. How, okay, I want to ask this. How does Alberta feel about you being the guy doing the streams for the Battle of Alberta? So they were, I got less death threats than anticipated. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Happy, happy. Nice. That's good. Yeah, fewer people um, telling me uh, that they would rather die than watch me or that they would uh, happily watch me fall off a bike. Wow. Okay. People know they don't have to watch it, right? No. no they can they... turn on their television. <laughs> no. 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 I, gotta, I gotta log on and tell you about it. Right. No. No. What? No. Most... You know what? Uh, I do appreciate the Oilers fans who saw that tweet that I made earlier in the day of the Oilers fans who were not stoked to watch me in the Battle of Alberta. Mm. And a lot of Oilers fans who listened to the show took it as like a challenge. Mm. Like, no! <laughs> we're backing Steve here! And we want we want them to cheer for our team so that they can win. And then there were some people who were like, well, actually, no, we want Steve to cheer for the other team. So that we can win. So that right. we can win. Yeah. And uh, Calgary Flames fans, as usual, far less passionate about everything. Except for their own team. Yes. It's weird. Like, when it comes to the drama, they're just not interested. Mm -hmm. For or against. No. Edmonton. As, as an outside observer, Both Edmonton. Feet. Wants the smoke. The whole body. They, yeah, they, you can die on every hill. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's Edmonton's motto. That is Edmonton's motto. Watch me die on this hill. Man, I had, I, I was just going back and forth with, um, I got to shout you out because you're like, uh, Eric Kraus, uh, who's like long time listener, a really nice guy, whatever, but he was giving me shit. Um, he also, uh, uh, why did you have a joke? He's, he's an it wasn't that reporter. good. At 11.30 no, at night? We were, I was talking about <laughs> some of the sports interaction odds and obviously, you know, we were talking about who's going to have more points over the course of the series, Gaudreau or McDavid. And that that props closed right now, obviously. Um, but I said, I know it's more than likely going to be Connor. But, you know, just to be crazy, considering the difference in goaltending skill, maybe we go with Johnny on this one. Woo. And and Woo. and he said, uh, Markstrom has been statistically horrible against the Oilers. Smith has played better against the Flames. What goaltending skill? And I wrote him back this morning. And then he and then he made a comment about the Toronto media. And so I wrote him back this morning. And I'm like, you know, the kind of goaltending skill that doesn't allow two goals in the first 51 seconds. Man. And and listen. And and, and by the way, Eric, this is so unfair. I've just blasted you here, but you were a really good sport about it. Um, I think it's kind of funny how. I think it's kind of funny how last night unfolded because, as I said oh. yesterday, you have no idea how this series is going to go. And I think after last night. After that game, you still, not a single person watching, not a single person who saw the game, not a single person like me who had to go to bed and then watch the highlights in the morning, knows how that series is actually going to be. Mm -hmm. We still don't know what the Battle of Alberta is, because I don't believe it's 9-6. I would, I'd be shocked. It was, it was the, it broke the record for most goals in a Battle of Alberta playoff game. Okay. The previous record was 12 goals in a game from 1983. Right. So like the, we're talking one of the most ridiculous, not just scoring eras, but scoring years in NHL history. It's the, of, of the ridiculous era, 86 is like the ridiculous year. Isn't that the year Gretzky got 215? Oh, man, I don't remember. It's like crazy. It's, it's it's right in there. Right there. There was a there was a five year stretch there in the 80s where I mean, if you didn't get 100 points, you were a, a bum. Yeah. Like, what are you even doing? Go quit the NHL, you bum. Right. Where's where's your triple digits, bum? And they had 15 85. last night. The record for most goals in a playoff game period is 18. By the way, Gretzky they got did that get close. 215 in 86. That's his career high. You nailed it. That's goofy. Now, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about this because um, just this morning, it's crazy how the odds have changed. I don't know what kind of 
if you've looked at any, if you looked at pre-series, what the bets were going to be. But based on last night's game, the chasm between what the odds makers, especially at Sports Interaction, are saying um, the Flames are going to be, it's like Flames are at negative 400 Edmonton, 298. And the 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 low, basically the the the, the best odds, uh, at least according to the odds makers right now, is that Calgary's going to win this series four to one. It's a plus two seventy five. They're heavy, what? heavy favorites. Heavy, and I I I don't believe it was like that yesterday. But I think, no. and I don't know that well, it should be weighted that heavily. Should it? I think it's Mike Smith. It's it's yeah. So Koskinen was the best goalie of the three. Like Mike Smith allowed three goals in six minutes and five seconds, two goals in fifty one seconds, and he might not have been the worst goalie in the game. Markstrom. Markstrom locked it down at the end, but oh, it was pretty rough. He had an awful when, game. When goal number six went in, he was shocking. Yeah. Neither Hyman goal should have gone in. Mm-hmm. Both, they're the same goal. They're the same piece of shit goal. No offense, Zach. Obviously. I would love a couple piece of shit goals to go the Leafs' way. In the oh, my God. Like, be, I'd love a couple of those piece of shit goals. There were more hunk of shit goals in that game than there were in the entire Tampa Leafs series. I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Dude, it was... it was, And then Dreisaitl scores. It's a two-on-one, so it's a little bit more forgivable. But the puck is on its... <laughs> it's 90 degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dreisaitl puts it in the exact same spot. Yeah. Right above the pad, right under the glove. And apparently that's a Vesna candidate's kryptonite. <laughs> like that that was the most mind-bending part of it and then the the mike smith goals weren't any good the first two and Ko- koskinen was far and away the best goalie in the game and he allowed uh smith allowed three so he allowed six right <laughs> and he was the best goalie and he was the be- like far and away the best goalie i was looking game. at the stanley cup Odds, the like outright winner of the Stanley Cup on sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Mm-hmm. And the Calgary Flames are second most likely to win the Stanley Cup based on the odds. It's Colorado and then Calgary. And like, I don't know if hmm. I see it that way at all. Mm, no. Like, I, I, what, what, what are the, what are the, what are the numbers on it associated? Do you have uh, 5.5. Is on the decimal odds for Calgary. Really? Uh, Florida's 6.6, Tampa's 6.67, uh, Colorado's 2.9. Rangers and Blues getting killed. Yeah, they're way back there. 21 to 1 and 25 to 1, Rangers and Blues. 12 to 1 for the Oilers. The- but it's just, I don't know. I'm, I believe in Tampa pulling out a Stanley Cup more than I do Calgary. Even I, Florida, Carolina looked. No, you don't believe in Florida. Tampa's got better odds of winning the cup than Florida. Yeah, yes, no, Florida. Of course I, they do. I don't, I don't agree. Of course with they right? do. You don't? Or no, sorry. Florida has Flo- better odds. Florida has better oh, odds oh, to win the Stanley did, did I say the opposite? My yeah, bad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, okay. no, no, no. It's, no. Yeah, Florida has better odds. The than odds Tampa. makers that think that the one, two, three, four is Colorado, Calgary, Florida, Tampa. Yeah, no. Well, and it's, <laughs> and it's funny because like no. two of those teams are already playing each other and the other two probably will. Yeah. Right. Hi. I, I, so uh, my question, uh, my question is, I, I was shocked when I cut, went back through the game because I went through the game logs a little bit, obviously saw the highlights, then saw the game in six, did a little thing. And what blew me away was that no one is upset about the Cassian penalty after the Evan Bouchard goal. Oh, is, is it s- so stupid. Zach Cassian well, cost the Oilers the game. He did, but like based on playoff precedent, I'm surprised he was the only one to go. I was. We didn't get a clear shot of just, it on the broadcast. But they All just we saw scored. was a couple bodies. Yeah, but they just scored, and then he threw it. It was needless. It was needless. And he that's was... the kind of shit 
he was they would have been tied. He was a net negative for the Oilers. Yeah, it's, it's later on, obviously, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's it's yeah. there's no need for that. No, they're trying to crawl back in the game. It's five one. Uh, they score to make it five two, and then he takes the penalty. He takes a penalty, and Matthew Kachuk scores in the power play after that. And I mean, I I think that what I said in the moment was dumb penalty, and now the game is over. Ah. <laughs> sure enough, the Oilers tie it at six. But, but it, again, they would have been ahead again. Yeah, yeah, right. That's, and that what? And, and imagine the Oilers go up a goal. It sure seemed inevitable. Different game though, right? Yeah. It's they roared back at the end of the second, then they tie it up almost immediately in the third, and it seemed like the Oilers winning that game was inevitable. At no point did they lead in that entire game. No, which is and it was tied yeah. for very little time. It was right. tied for twenty five seconds to start the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know the gap between 6'6 six, six and 7'6. Six. 128 and 257. So Yamamoto ties it, and then Anderson scores a minute and a half later. Yeah, it was yeah. tied for like a total, a less than a total of like three minutes all game. And, and this, so you would have had, you would have had a 6'5 lead right out the start of the, like you would have been tied going into the, the third period. You have a 6-5 lead at that point. And I really want to hyper-focus on this thing because it's dumb shit like what Cassian did because yeah. it's the dumb shit like what Kerfoot did. It's the mm. dumb it's mm. dumb shit penalties from good players. Cassian's a useful player on the Edmonton Oilers. I'm not diminishing that... You know, I'm not saying he shouldn't be there. I'm not saying that he hasn't earned his place or that he's not a valuable part of the team. You can't do that shit. And I know that Milan Lucic takes dumb penalties from time to time. But that guy has found a way in the same Zach Cassian mold to be useful <laughs> and not take penalties right after you score a fucking goal. The Lucic hit on McDavid made me laugh because like, man, aren't I, they buddies too? Well, uh, McDavid, uh, there's an old clip of him when he was with the Erie Otters. They're like, who are your dream line mates? And uh, I, one of them was Milan Lucic. And then they ended up playing together in Edmonton, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I think they are buddies and Lucic is getting the, the full battle of Alberta experience having Boy. been on on both sides of it, right? But, um, oh, man. And, and here's another thing as a neutral observer now, getting to hyper-focus on Connor McDavid, not just Connor McDavid, but Connor McDavid in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We've talked at many points throughout the season that Matthews needs to be able to draw more penalties. And it's not that he doesn't do things that draw penalties. It's that they don't call it. McDavid drew two mm-hmm. last night, which is two more than he did all of last year. In the playoffs. <laughs> oh my God, that's so sad when you say it. <laughs> and it's still not even half of what should have been called. Like the amount of attention this guy absorbs, you, you really do have to watch how the other team defends him. That's the best player in the league. Yes. It isn't close. Love Austin. It's not close. No one, no one in my lifetime uh, has drawn the attention that this guy draws no one not even crosby crosby's the only one who comes close the the, like he's he's got he's got a backpack on him at every time Mm -hmm. at 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 all times um and backlin i thought made a bit of a business decision (laughs) so he he took a cross-checking penalty on mcdavid and it got called Mm -hmm. to me that's a penalty worth taking especially if you're up big in the game like Calgary was. It's a penalty worth taking because it's game one. You have Wes McCauley and Eric Furlat, who heading into that game had the fewest penalties called per game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you cross-check McDavid to see if they're going to call it. I'm the guy who's going to be shadowing him all series. 
Let's see what the precedent is. He does it. He gets called. All right, I can't get away with it. They're calling it a little differently this year. And then uh, the other one was Shillington. Shillington with a takedown of McDavid that would have been perfectly legal last year with Mm -hmm. the Jets. And it's enormously not legal at all. No, but McDavid was one of the NHLers who said, please call the game. Please call the standard (laughs) of the game. Like no one, no one deals with, well, this is a little ironic to say now because Kalorn held on to Matthew's jersey for over five seconds. So, you know, Matthews does get this sometimes, but the amount of like, just the little swipes to, to just hold you back a little bit, the, the swipes that turn into like a mini shoulder, just all this little shit they do to somehow slow down the fastest torpedo of a human being in the entire world. Uh, it's amazing. The stuff that Connor McDavid has to contend with every single night, Mm -hmm. dude, (laughs) that's, that's results and points, which he leads, by the way, mm-hmm. don't properly illustrate how much of a, of a black hole this guy is for attention on the ice. Right. But on the other side of that, the Edmonton Oilers for most of that game, had Markstrom been a normal goalie, Edmonton was outchanced. They were outshot. They were outplayed the whole time. McDavid was the only one. And I know that Hyman had his moments and Drysaddle was great. Mm-hmm. But, but when, when I think when Edmonton tied up the game, it was like shots were like 40 to 18. Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. And until Calgary locked it up at the end, they were on pace to get 60 shots for 75% of that game. Like, it was not close. Wasn't even sort of close. So... You know, if you're a coach and you're looking for how to prepare for game two, if you're um, Jay Woodcroft, you look at Mike Smith's performance and I think you got to throw that out. And I think he's yeah, gonna, I think yeah. he's got to start game yeah. two. He's old enough that he can forget that. Well, and if he blows <laughs> it again, then you go to Koskinen. Then I think your right. decision's made. Then for you're you. desperate. Then you're desperate. But I think game two, you got to go back to Mike Smith. He was great for you in that series against the Kings. You go forget it. Don't worry about it. Let's start again. If you're Daryl Sutter with Markstrom, who I can't believe he left in that game, <laughs> you go, you know what? We're going to forget this as well. So you throw that out. The one thing you cannot throw out is Calgary dominated, dominated Edmonton for all of about, I'd say the entire game, maybe minus 10 minutes. 10 minutes might be generous. Mm-hmm. They were, Edmonton couldn't get out of the zone. When they did, they just gave possession right back to Calgary. Every time it ended up in the Edmonton zone, it was there to stay. It was there deep. Calgary would work it back to the point. There's no one there. They weren't able to counterattack and, you know, get these little odd man rushes with a pick at the point. They maybe got one or two. Edmonton was completely outclassed by the Calgary Flames, and that's what you can't throw out. Edmonton almost stole the game from the Flames. Oh, Calgary, but, but at the end here, Calgary wins the game. They win all the battles and they won the emotional battles. Like when, uh, did you see uh, uh, Kachuk and, and Evander Kane going at it when yeah. Shillington went off as well? And it was so funny because, you know, the, Kachuk had the money chirp, right? Like, yeah. you need some money or whatever. <laughs> and then they're yapping each other in the box and Kachuk is the guy that the Flames, you know, choose to go on the ice. He scores the goal and Shillington looks over at Kane and just kind of laughs. That was a really funny moment. But, what? Uh, 
So I learned last night that that's a rule. I didn't know that was a rule either. That's I woke the up this morning. Dumbest I was like, what? rule ever. That's the dumbest rule ever. So here's what happened. Uh, the Shillington penalty that I already cited on McDavid, that happens mm -hmm. first. That happens. Number one happens right there. But I guess according to the game clock, that penalty and Kachuk's penalty and Kane's penalty all happen at the exact same moment. So for the purposes of the game clock, when the whistle is blown, when play is dead, all those penalties happen at the same time. So Shillington goes off and then Kane and Kachuk get coincidentals. Mm -hmm. Meaning uh, the Oilers don't lose a guy because Kane's off. The Flames don't lose a guy because Kachuk's off, but the Flames do lose a guy because Shillington's off. Mm -hmm. The Flames then get the choice of who they want to come out of the box between Kachuk and Shillington. They choose Kachuk. Kachuk is on the ice while Shillington and Kane are still in the box. And Kachuk scores! What ended up being... Was it the game-winning goal? No, it was the eighth goal. It was the insurance marker. And Tim Peel was on Twitter going, well, no, that's, that's the rule. How is that the rule? Why? How does that make any sense? It's, it's you're canceling out all the penalties, and then the captain gets to choose which penalty actually stands. Oh, That's I understand it. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't mind it. Yeah. Well, well how it, else do you want it to decide? I want, well, the logical way, which is Shillington takes the penalty. Kane and Kachuk are in the penalty box because of each other. Mm -hmm. So Shillington, the first guy to take a penalty is the first guy out of the box. But as you explained, he's not the first because they all happen when clock stops. Oh, I understand is, why. Yeah. I just think it's a little, I don't know, it's a little, I don't know I think it's, a, it's, it's like it's a, a little one, silly. It's a one in 1,000 chance that it actually means anything. Well, I'm 34 and this is the first time I've ever yeah. noticed it ever. But, but right. of course it happens in a game of consequence. Sure. And, I, yep. and, and it's very typical it's of, the, of the NHL to try to Whenever you get an advantage, the NHL rules push it so you don't have one. <laughs> it's like, kind of like there's out, no, yeah. like, it, it's like the playoff seating. It's like, hey, you've earned this really great spot and you got to play the team that's just as good as you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, does it make sense? No, but it's the way the NHL has decided to do it is they want, they want you to never have an advantage ever. It's why we have loser points. It's like, like it's, even, it doesn't make sense, but we're doing it. It's always the worst when a defenseman takes a penalty because even when they come out of the box, now you got three defensemen on the ice. Yeah. Right. So Calgary would like it's it's a decided tactical advantage mm -hmm. that they get. Kachuk but they you, but Edmonton just had a decided tactical advantage because they had the penalty, the penalty power play. They should have. Yeah. They so, earned it. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas Calgary chose it. And I think that's that doesn't make any Since sense. Since we're rewriting the rule book, should you be able to ice the puck on a penalty kill? Yes. Oh, dude, I, I hate it. Me too. I, I, I think they used to not do that, but then I think Maurice Richard scored like four goals in one power play in the '60s, and they—that's when they changed the rule. I'm pretty no, sure. Well, that's how the, no, well, no, you're talking about a goal should stop the power play. I'm talking about just icing the puck. Oh, how well, you're yeah. I'm pretty sure it. that was a part of it too. They ended power plays at one goal, and I'm pretty sure that icing the puck during the power play was. Yeah, but you, you well, get he charged. Couldn't, he couldn't score four goals. Is what I'm just saying. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, Montreal, yeah I'm just saying. No, score. both of those rules I think changed because of that one event. It's crazy. The Montreal Canadiens power play of a certain era i can't remember the exact years basically rewrote 
the mm-hmm. power play rule book. Oh my god, they were so good. I don't think you should if you, if you are at a disadvantage, why do you gain an advantage to ice the puck down the Because other? it's I about, totally agree. Because it's about being understand. as even as possible, gentlemen. <laughs> why wouldn't we we still get 9-6 games? We still get 9-6 oh, games. That's what they'll tell you. It's the, like you see a defensive player get the puck with more than 6 feet in front of them and you're like, "Oh, okay, the attack's dead." Mm-hmm. Because they just go Hah! And they like you're able to kill 20 seconds. Don't take a penalty. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't take don't be an idiot. Don't um, be an idiot. So so the takeaways from the game are that's not the series. That's not the series. No, it was a fun game. Yeah, totally. Wild. Yeah. And, yeah, really and I fun. love that Kachuk afterwards was like, that's the worst game we've ever played. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude. In the press conference. He's like, yeah, it's terrible. It's brutal. Hattrick, brutal game. It it was. Like <laughs> uh, Daryl Sutter must have been the most upset coach at a nine six win. I've never seen I actually I was expecting because when I saw the press conference this morning, I'm like, he's got to be upset. Was not was not upset at all. I like his. Uh, oh funny. yeah, we had a really boring Dallas series, so I said, "All right, guys, we got to have a fun one." Right, <laughs> something along those lines. Maybe they mm-hmm. needed to get it out now. Uh, moving on, how Leafs is this? The New York Rangers hold the lead until one minute and thirty eight seconds to go. Carolina scores, tie it up, and then Ian Cole scores in overtime, right under Shosturkin's glove and. Like it's very 2013 Leafs. Yeah, it made me feel nostalgic. Well, because they what they stood on the goaltender. They, they stood on the goaltender, still up. <laughs> and the overtime winner goes off their own guy. Oh, dude. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot oh, the I forgot uh, the, the game winner was a tip drill by the Rangers into their own net. It was amazing. Oh, Lindgren, Lindgren, <laughs> oh, buddy, he's in Dangits, which I shot last night after the stream. Oh my god! By yeah. the way, only two penalties called in this entire game. It, it, yeah, well, ha, you know what? Good on the Rangers and Hurricanes for playing completely infractionless hockey. <laughs> for it's it's so funny that they're very this year. They're very obviously trying to have some sort of correction mm-hmm. when it comes to calling penalties in the playoffs, but not every night. <laughs> like not not every night and not every series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Wes McCauley and Eric Furlack calling as many penalties as they did is like, that's, that's unbelievable uh, for the Oilers flames. Uh, Rangers hurricanes is a lot more along the lines of what you expect, you know, and early in the series too. But what's weird is when a series starts like that, that you expect every series to end like that. Yeah. And you're not going to get like eight power plays in game six or seven. Now game two is going to be a carnival. It's the carnival game is coming. So you it's think it's going to be game do you two think or Calgary, three. Do you think the Calgary series, Calgary Edmonton series goes the opposite way in New York and Carolina, Carolina and New York have their goofy game in game two. It definitely could. Mm-hmm. It definitely could. The, the only difference is because of McDavid, there's more of a hyper focus. Sure. You know, if you only call the penalties on McDavid, you still get two power plays. What do you, what do you think the odds are? The the best odds for this series to finish, like what is it? Carolina? Five games, six games, seven games, or four games? Carolina in five. I'm going to say Carolina in six. Well, you don't even have to pick a team. Just what? What do you think? How, how, when will the series finish? Five, six, seven, or four? Six. Six. Jesse, what do you think? Five. So five is the five is the odds on favorite. Obviously, Carolina being the one. You know, you know who's going to make sure this series ends quick. 
Anti-Ranta. Man, what a... I'm not... Wow. wow. I, I'm not a proponent <laughs> of guys losing their jobs because of injury, but for, if Freddie, as soon as you're healthy, you, you the net's not yours. Again. Like, <laughs> Ranta's again. been unbelievable. Well, and, like, okay, uh, no Carolina fan wants to think about this right now, but neutral party, uh, Carolina's got to trade a goalie this offseason. Dude, they have three. Time. Time to think about that is not now. Well, for us it is. <laughs> no, we I'm sure on. could use a goalie. I'm going to give us Ranta. Give All us right, Ranta right now. Friendly, let's go. You want Seth Jarvis again? <laughs> we got it for you, baby. So the Ranta deal is $2 million through next year. Freddie is 4.5 through next year. You, you could hang on to them both. I think for 6.5, you're hanging on. But for you have a oh, you super don't need to. But you have a third goal. You do have a third goal. But the haul you can get for one of these two is pretty Man, significant. But, but okay, so <laughs> well, you're a contender. So the thing is right. with with Ranta right. is that Freddie played all year until Ranta wasn't hurt, mm-hmm. and then now that Fre- and then Freddie got hurt because Freddie does because he plays too much. Yeah. yeah. You as a coach of Freddie Anderson, please tell him to play less games. Because it always it happened every it year. Happened again. It happened again this year. It happened again. Only they've got a comparable backup that's good. So you should hang on to them both. I yeah. think so. Yeah. What logically yeah. what they'll do is keep Freddie, keep Ranta, Kachekov in the minors, and then once one, one of them gets one injured. of Freddie or Re- <laughs> well, yeah, there's injuries also. They will get injured. But they will. They both are injury prone every year. They are. But let's say they stay healthy. One of the contracts expires. Kachekov comes up, but the the fact that they're this good and that option is available mm-hmm. to them, it, Carolina again and always just always seems to have an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, and the the price tags on these two goalies is really reasonable. Man, two million dollars and four point five is oh. really nice. Odds makers are not uh, are not given Rangers much of a chance here. I just want to throw this out there that there's a there's a bet on sports interaction. That is leader after four games. So is it Carolina? Is it a draw? Or is it New York? Okay. So the the best, obviously the favorite is that Carolina is up three to one. And that's a 1.58. There's the draw at 280. (laughs) The Rangers being up three to one is 11.02. Jesus. (laughs) That's pretty rough. (laughs) Not what? Can we get Dave Bassel to Google Igor Shosturkin? I I know. Well, they, they, they were a minute away from winning. Dude. To, oh my god, that's a haunting loss, man. Yeah. That's a really haunting loss. Yeah. And you could see it in Shesterkin's eyes. Like that's that's more than we lost a game. It was Jesus, I don't have more to give than that. You that's one you have to steal. There have been some after a regular season that saw save percentages plummet basically league wide. We've seen some truly stupid goaltending performances. We sure have. Shesterkin, yeah. Ottinger. Um, the opposite in Calgary last <laughs> night. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there have been some really unbelievable. You're not going to mention your guy. Who's my guy? Connor Ingram. Connor Ingram. Yeah. On, on both sides of the coin. Steve was right about Ingram. <laughs> and I knew he wasn't had, until he was. <laughs> I had another name and it vanished. I'm so I'm running on fumes today. <laughs> um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I want to talk about this here. The uh, perennial second round and out avalanche. Boom. Just snuck out a win against the Blues. Oh, Bennington as well. Bennington, yeah. another guy. I, well, literally, it's... Do you it's, see how Jesse has made the Blues his brand? I pointed right <laughs> at him. <laughs> I, I'm riding with though. He's not even a Blues fan. He's a Billy Huso guy. I, but I'm riding with the Blues because of Huso and that battle that he has with Bennington. And, and it's, Billy, it's been very man, exciting to see Bennington steal back the net and be unbelievable. When, Ky- when Kairou tied that game up, I was like, this is, this is trouble. And, and they sure mm-hmm. look... You were right. The Blues are slow. Oh, they're so slow. Except for him. Do you have the shots in overtime? The shots uh, in overtime, I don't have them, but I have the total shots in the game. Oh, I, th- I believe the shots in overtime were 13 to 0. Ah. <laughs> how many, how many goals can you close. score if there's zero shots? Uh... Uh, 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 not many. <laughs> not the many. overtime wasn't close. Colorado <laughs> just hemmed them in, and they were going to score no matter what. Uh, and the sh- they did. The shots on goal throughout the game, 52 to 25, and I'm assuming 13 of those came coming in overtime. <laughs> but that's still 41 to 25, even if uh, even if you don't count overtime. So it's not great. When the postgame hug was a who's who of, oh, yeah, I forgot they got that guy. Right. Josh Manson scores. Oh, yeah, I forgot they got that guy. Hugs Arturi Lekkinen. Oh, yeah, I forgot they got that guy. Some smart pickups by the Avalanche. Oh, yeah. So. Um, they are the odds-on favorite, by the way, uh, from Sports Interaction to get out of the Western Conference. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And they are the, like you guys said, they're the outright Stanley Cup winner by uh, two points, two and a half. Man. That's nuts. I, I, I'm not cheering against the Oilers, obviously, but it, it will, it'll be cool seeing Colorado play Calgary if that's how it pans out, because Daryl Sutter has clearly been preparing his team to play Colorado for several months now. I, I want to throw this at you too. If you're St. Louis and you want to have a chance in this series, other than Bennington being what he's been recently, not what he was before this, you can't get this. Two minutes for hooking. Hmm. Two minutes for hooking. Two minutes for high stick. That will kill you. Did you see the high stick? I did. It's a high stick. Oh. It's a high stick. All I, day, it's a high stick. There needs to be a new name for it. Sticking. <laughs> like, it wasn't high. He was on his knees. <laughs> Still, he's, it's above Is it's above that the area, right? So it, you, it hit him in the face. Yeah. yeah. It, it has nothing to do with where it is on the ice. It's where it is on the individual you make contact. Right, and that's the whole point of a high stick penalty is to avoid... And by the way, high sticking was a penalty more than 100 years ago when this was only played at universities. And they realized at that time, hey, when a sticks hit someone in the head, bad things happen. We're not quite sure what it is yet, <laughs> but we know sticks to the head are not desirable. Uh, no Blues fan wants to hear this, and I understand that. Um, you'll get an unsportsmanlike penalty for saying a nasty thing to the ref. Destroying NHL property in the penalty box, totally fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Braden Shen destroys the camera, as we've seen many times before. <laughs> It always makes for a good highlight. The high stick. Oh, it's, it's, it's a goofy call. And it's a follow through. You got it, guys. You, it, I know. So I know, was I the know. call on Kerfoot when, when, when literally Hedman was like, come hither. Kerfoot stick hit me in the mouth. I know. Well, I, but, and, and like, 
But Braden Shen doesn't even know Manson is down no. on his knees behind Hold him. Hold on to your stick. Yeah. Okay. You gotta keep be- controlling your stick. Yo, if I'm if I'm a like, listen, I'm not asking Blues fans to like it. I'm pulling for the Blues. But to me, there. What are they gonna do? I know you need to have control of the stick. There has to be some reason there. You know what I no, mean? No, you know what happens when they leave reason. They fuck it up. Yep. Yeah. You <laughs> no, cannot leave reason. Totally right. No reason. You guys know this. Blues fans and Avs fans, you know this. Yeah. There can be no reason when it comes to high stick. Well, here's here's the 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 secret sauce for the St. Louis Blues. When does Craig Berube <laughs> complain about the penalty calls? It won them the Stanley Cup. Refresh us. <laughs> Stop. This. It won them Refresh the Stanley Cup. Refresh the us. Bruins were running the Blues out of that series. The Blues took way too many penalties in the first two games. Carl Gunnarsson, I think, scored the overtime game winner Stupid. in game two. The only goal he ever scored as a Blue in 60 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs was a Stanley Cup final game winner in overtime. Had to be. Had to be. Absolutely. Stanley Cup champion Carl Gunnarsson gives it to Alex Steen, and we all slowly die. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... but uh, Craig Berube basically went, hey, guys, that's enough. We're in the Stanley Cup final. And the refs went, okay. And, and you were basically allowed to get away with everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruins fans will, uh, I'm sure, remember Tyler Bozak with the what should have been a penalty on a, mm, Achari, was it? I don't remember who it was. Directly leads to what I think was the game-winning goal. Mm-hmm. The Blues go on to win the series. Uh, Boston was winning that series early on. I have a question for uh, the Florida Panthers if they're listening or their management or their coaching staff. Did you guys watch one minute? One minute of the Leafs Tampa Bay Lightning series. Did you guys watch one minute? Because I see one glaring thing that tells me you didn't. And you were unprepared and cost you the game. What's that? I'm going to go through some stats, okay? These are called box score stats. Also known as not fucking advanced. But pretty fucking easy. You get them out of your newspaper. That's right. <laughs> Next to Damian Cox's bald head. Oh, no. <laughs> the Leafs pat themselves on the back. You saw that headline, right? No, I no. No, yeah, it's, uh, he, he, the Leafs brass pat themselves on the back for another job well done. That's it's weird to take the negative. Anyway. I know, right? It's crazy. Anyway, uh, shots on goal. Hmm. Ah, 36 to 34, Tampa to Florida. That's not bad. Oh, yeah, pretty even. Oh, even. Yeah. Hits 30 to 30. Hey. Dead even. Uh, dead heat. Face-offs won, 29, Tampa, 30, Florida. Dead heat. Wow. Penalty minutes. Oh, boy. Tampa, 8, Florida, 14. Man. And let me show you this, okay? Because Florida opened the scoring. Duclair had his first goal of the playoffs. Yep. But here's what What a do. goal, too. That was a really nice goal. 27 seconds in, Florida's killing it a penalty because of Mackenzie Weger for tripping. Mm-hmm. And again, let me run through what these penalties were. Then we got Anthony Duclair after scoring. He's got his high stick. Thankfully, they don't score on that. And then you've got um, Sherratt cross-check, Uyghur hooking, Montour high stick, Stick. Forsling roughing, and then a delay of game uh, served by Patrick Hornquist, which was a too-many-men call. So the first five penalties there are stick penalties. Stick infractions. If you saw the Leafs series, you know the one thing that you really can point to where the Leafs and Lightning differed is the stick infractions. How screwed is Ben Sherratt now that cross-checking is not allowed? (laughs) He's not worth a first round pick anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> he can't wear you down the same way. It's crazy. When you, when you can't put carbon fiber through someone's literal back, it's shocking how he loses value. Now, let me throw, you, throw this at you guys. Like, this is all totally clean up, 
totally like you could clean this up, you could fix this. Absolutely. But the Leafs didn't fix it against Tampa. And it's not like Tampa's doing anything to make you do this. They're playing you hard. And what they do is they're so fast that they can turn you around. And Florida, God love them, kind of like the Leafs, don't play the most structured hockey. No. And that leads to stick infractions. Mm-hmm. So what do you got to do? Hunker down. Play, play a style of hockey that you haven't played all year. Basically. Well, and here's the other thing that Florida's been able to get away with is giving up leads and just going, I think let's just have fun now. And mm-hmm. then they then they're able to come back True. in basically every scenario. It's amazing that it worked against the caps. Like, Cause like that's not it's not supposed to work that way in the playoffs. Right. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Well, then the Oilers erase a four goal deficit. How many night. how many of Tampa's goals? They had four. How many came on the power play? Because they remember there was eight, 14 minutes in penalties for uh, for them to score on two, two. Jesse, yeah, two of the four, three. Oh. Whoa, Perry, Kucherov, Colton, and Colton was the dagger, right? That Kucherov actually could have been the dagger because you know at that point they were only up two to one. I think Kucherov's the dagger in some ways because if you're on the Florida bench, you watch your captain Aaron Ekblad <laughs> have that walks. done to him. I mean, what's the reaction in the? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that was that that was scorching. That was and that that's Kucherov at like I I can only assume like sixty seven. He's not he's not himself, but he plays. No, he's hurt. Occasionally, he just does stuff, and you're like, I'm gonna ignore you. You, you see him, I'm like, I'm gonna. Uh, he he ignores pains for about five seconds, and he walks around somewhere. I assume for half the Tampa roster, every moment that isn't game time is utter agony. What do you, what do you think's wrong with him? What do you think? Where do you think he's hurt? Boneitis. Like he's dude. He's had, that sounds like a bad a, X-rated movie. No, that is a 24 year old Futurama reference. Yeah. Is it not? Is, is it, it Boneitis? Boneitis? Oh, I, I don't know what it's from. I just Boneitis. That's, re- that's, a, that's a long, long time ago. Futurama reference. I've only seen it like on <laughs> hockey Twitter as a meme for like when a player is often injured, they'll be like, oh yeah, he's got that Boneitis. And I mean, Kucherov is, you know, Tampa handled him in a very intentional way that we mocked and we were right to mock it for the way that they handled it. However, I think we've forgotten in all of that. Oh my God, that that's a gruesome clip. What is happening to that man? I that's guess the guy at Futurama who had bonitis. Oh my God. Anyway, ugh, where was I going with that? I think we're all forgetting that he was legitimately injured. Mm-hmm. And then after being legitimately injured, missing all season and coming back, he got legitimately injured again. And now he's legitimately injured again. Like Kucherov might be one of those guys who's like a hockey hall of famer by 30, 31 and just hangs him up. Like, listen, I gave you all I had. I won four cups. I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I got, I got, I got an art Ross. I got an MVP. I got four cups. So you might have a con Smythe by the time. 40, it's all 50 million bucks at the bank. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Does, has Florida scored a power play goal yet, th- these playoffs? Because they That's did not a good score question. a power no. play goal versus Washington. No, do, no they, do they have any? No. They're That's, all for like 20 plus. Both bad. sides of the special teams, just awful. <sighs> can't score power play. Can't stop the penalty kill. Like, this is the they're an- not going to win this way. The annual, uh, oh, this doesn't look as good. 
when it comes to NHL awards. Andrew Burnett being nominated for the Jack Adams today. Mm. I mean, I, I, I know it's usually it. up. It's yeah. a regular season award. It's a regular and he season took award. Over after Joel Quinville was, he they had to find very him. difficult circumstances. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 like I'm not, I'm not saying he's a shitty coach. Who are the other I, two? Uh, they released him today. Gerard Gallant and Daryl Sutter. Yeah, it's oh. the 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 three teams who surprised the most this year. The oh shit, you're good. Yeah, which is that award? Yeah. Well, Florida less so, but they made the playoffs. Special circumstances. Calgary, Calgary. You could say, well, I mean, they should have been good. <laughs> they just weren't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know they were th- this good. No, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know it's usually up to the assistant coaches, the special teams. Ultimately, everything comes back to the head coach and Andrew Burnett and the Florida Panthers have to figure it out because they're getting killed. Yeah, on special teams, getting killed. Um, I want before we get into a bit of an extra long press conference, we should talk about the Coyotes' agreement with the ASU, huh. Katie Strang, uh, and uh, Sean Shapiro. Uh, both friends of the show uh, have just done some unbelievable work on this situation. And obviously, um, uh, you know, CJ mentioned it yesterday in the show and he's like, unless like it's a crazy environment to play in, which it can't be if they're going to charge $400 a ticket. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this goes. Now, according to the agreement between the Coyotes um and asu they have what's called a good behavior clause now a lot of people were like well that's because they're dumb idiots and that might be true but i have to tell you that most media contracts contain the same thing it's standard. you have that in your deal i have that in my deal it's standard yeah. it's pretty standard right when you're, when you're when with you, asu when you have a public facing brand like asu does and the coyotes do and murello does who's the owner um, usually if you're the, and this is what it says, if you become the sub- subject of adverse publicity, contempt, scandal, or ridicule for violating, quote, widely held principles of public morality, failing to conduct business affairs in a high degree of integrity and honesty, and or failing to act as a good corporate citizen, Arizona State can back out of its deal with the Coyotes. The problem with a contract like that, or a contract clause like that, is that it's hard to enforce because what's morality? It's, uh, yeah, it's one of those ones. Like when Jerry Jones and his son were caught with a bunch of strippers on camera, did any of the sponsors say, you know what I mean? Like nobody said anything, but it was sort of like, everybody's like, this is really greasy and whatever. But the the story just went away. It's kind of the, uh oh, everyone's upset clause. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's only enforced if, uh oh, everyone's upset. That's a good, that's a good point. So a lot of people made a big deal of that. Uh, and I guess I understand why, but the reality is. Um, like Morello, you know, they didn't pay their bills or whatever, but uh, that would be standard. I would, I would think that any clause ever has that. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the, you know, coyotes being behind on payments no. and stuff like that. Although it's, it's in, listen, listen, all the, the elephant in the room. I know coyotes fans are sick of this. They're such an easy target right now. And a lot of people are going for the easy target for the wrong reasons. And I'm here to tell you there are plenty of reason, plenty of right reasons to go after the Arizona Coyotes. So here's where you, you're, you don't need to you don't need to move the goalposts. I wanted to hit that one first because I thought that's actually of all the stuff in this deal that they between Arizona State and and the Coyotes, I was like, oh, that's the one I would expect to be there. It makes right. the most sense. Um, yeah. Arizona, like all NHL franchises, is obviously counting on sports gaming gambling to uh, uh, as a revenue source in the future. Uh, Murello owns a casino in Vegas, which I did not know. Uh, and the Coyotes, Morello is the owner, and the Coyotes already own one of the state's licenses to run, run wagering operations. However, the Coyotes will not be able to run those operations inside ASU's arena. 
agreeing that any use of the facility or any part of ASU campus is gam- is prohibited for gambling. You can see why there's students and stuff. Oh, that's um, that's been rumored to be part of his business plan for over a year now. Certainly that yeah. is part of his business plan out of the next arena. Yeah. Now we can't do it here. But, but he would have been able now to... He's, now it's, that's years down the road. Well, and, and we'll get to that. Oh, Because that's the thing. How many years down the road? That's That, to me, is the most interesting part of this contract. Um, oh. The Coyotes may request... Uh, an event wagering facility within the zone if regulations change during the 2022 Arizona legislative session, uh, which runs through June 24th, according to the agreement. So that could change. Um, according to the agreement, though, and this is where, speaking about how long will it be until wagering can be a part of this? The Coyotes and ASU are going to meet January 1st, 2025, also known as year five of Eric Carlson's contract. Just want to we, we we judge our years in Eric Carlson contract years. We we do is in the in the Southwest we do. It's the longest contract in the in human history. All right. Uh, uh, January first, twenty twenty five, to discuss terms and conditions of extending the lease for one year, potentially moving the expiration from June thirtieth, twenty twenty five, to June thirtieth, twenty twenty six. It is uh, May, almost June, twenty twenty two. So we could see the Coyotes at ASU, not for the three planned years, but we told you there would be construction overruns. Could be four years of this. This arena better be the best fucking thing the NHL has ever done. <laughs> Their new new one. The Not new, ASU, new one. the no, one no. that'll come Tempe. after Tempe. ASU, which they haven't confirmed that they are going to start building yet. City Council is still up in the air about whether or not they're going to build this, this building. And this even if Field they, of Dreams ass arena, like, <laughs> holy they, shit. If they do approve that, then you got to get permits. Then you got to line up financing. Then you got to line up contracting. Then you got to find the uh, the stuff to build it with, which, by the way, uh, the pandemic has not really made it easy. If anybody uh, is listening to this and is undergoing renovations, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can't even get roof shingles. Mm. So the Coyotes will be limited in securing some partnerships as well. So this is frustrating because, you know, if you're if you're in sales for the Coyotes, your job is to go out there and grab sponsors for the Coyotes. That's not an easy gig. Imagine this. Where you're like, well, actually, you won't be able to do all that. Oakview Group, which is the group that put together, um, I think, Vegas's arena and Seattle's arena, and is currently doing one in Hamilton. It's the Lewickies, right? Yeah, the Lewickies yeah. brothers, um, has signed a group of exclusive venue sponsors, which the Coyotes will be required to work with or reframe in selling in that space. So, for instance, okay, if we were going to use, um, I, I'm going to use a non-sponsor on on this show for for to make it easy. Let's say that SDPN had a big partnership opportunity with with tim horton there okay. you go tim horton let's just use like not a real brand Co- not a real brand <laughs> jim uh, norton stan stan makina donuts stan there, you donuts. There, there you go i like that stan makina donuts they do donuts and they do coffee and that's what they're known for right so so the the coyotes want to bring stan makina donuts in but unfortunately because the oakview group already has a deal with i don't know mcdonald's you have to work with McDonald's at McDonald's set price and you can't negotiate it because they know you have to work with them. It's like when you go to a wedding venue and you go, gosh, this wedding venue is really nice. I can't wait to bring my caterer in. And they say, actually, you can't use your caterer. You have to use one of the three on this list, which is what a lot of wedding venues do. Really? Yes, mm. absolutely. What a racket. It's a racket. <laughs> so the Coyotes will be either required to work with the Oakview Group exclusive venue sponsors or they cannot work within that space. So you imagine you if you if you can't get a deal done because you can't bring Stan Makita Donuts in, you bring in I'm going to say McDonald's, McDonald's, <laughs> Lan- okay. Lanny McDonald's, or no, to be clear, Lanny McDonald's. Okay, 
Can't you bring in Atlanta McDonald's? Can't do that. Okay, so we're just going to stay out of the fast food and coffee space. Oh my God! That's, Yo, how are they going to make <laughs> that category? Is like you could eliminate entire categories. Additionally, according to the agreement, there are these clauses: any alcohol or beer ads must be approved by Arizona State. Arizona State maintains the right to object to any ad that is not in good taste or otherwise in compliance. Obviously, it's a school. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State will receive revenue from the naming rights of the arena. So the money that you make from naming the arena, Arizona's taken some of that and you're paying them to use their arena and they're going to take the naming rights money. Oh my God. This is how over the barrel the Coyotes have themselves. Wow. The Coyotes will not be permitted to sell any temporary advertising that is a competitor or in the same category as ASU sells the naming rights too, which is what we mentioned with the Oakview clause. In-ice advertising will be a revenue source for Arizona State and the Coyotes aren't allowed to modify the look of the ice surface, including, and this is a big one for people, but if you're a Leafs fan from long ago, you'll remember this, the Arizona State logo at center ice. It's like the Hamilton Ticats. On broadcast to protect ASU's permanent advertisers in the building, it is noted that it doesn't and shouldn't expect uh, shouldn't impact opposing broadcast film at ASU. So like we used to have the Hamilton Tiger Cats logo at the center ice for the Maple Leafs in the 70s because our owner was a dick and owned the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats and wanted to advertise them. And I believe had Tigers at the game. And that was 55 years ago. Yes. So the Coyotes, <laughs> if you're a Coyote player, you will not skate with a Coyote logo oh God. On, your, on the ice. Now, you might say, well, who cares? It's just ice. I agree with you. But the, what the Coyotes have set themselves up for is a perennial losing money team mm -hmm. that can only sign guys that are either trying to make it in or trying to stay in. You know they're making the playoffs, right? Oh, they have to. <laughs> they have to. You know they're... There's yeah. going to be some goalie comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Karel Vimelka. <laughs> yeah. They're, no, they're going to... This is how this league works. They're making the playoffs, guys. And they but won't be able to put NHL 23 playoffs on the ice because they do not own the ice <laughs> rights. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. You know? Here's what you like, put... Like, that little shit won't be there. Here's what you put it's at center ice in the video game. The NHL logo and John Scott has his revenge. There it is. Because he didn't get to wear an NHL team's logo at the All-Star game, remember? Right. They mm. put the NHL logo. John Scott gets his revenge. I think it's a beautiful thing. Just I, put his face. I also, I just want to say this. So even if the Coyotes make the playoffs, here's what they're guaranteeing for the next three to four years, depending upon how least, along this lease goes. They will Top not. center Travis Boyd. No, they, uh, oh. they will not ever, ever come close to not profitability, not even a little bit of money lost. They will not come close to losing the same amount of money that they lost this year. Meaning, and what I mean by that is, they will lose far more money this way than they did if they had just paid their bills at Healer. Yeah. Like we talk about, they were already going to lose money. But if you, let, let's say zero is this, like zero is at my eyebrows, and where you came in was at my nose, they are guaranteeing that the highest they can get is my chin. Nipple? Yeah. Maybe even nipple. That's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's crazy how no one's thinking about, oh, how did we get to this point? Because all of this was avoidable if you just run your franchise like a normal franchise and you just try and stay in business and you pay all your bills and you be, you be a good tenant in your building. And they failed in every single aspect. And now we got to scramble with this ridiculous Arizona State Arena. And all of this could have been avoided. You have an arena that you currently play in. 
st- if you if you had just any foresight, you'd think about, okay, what are we looking at for the next 10 years? We want to build this new arena in Tempe. Let's go be a good tenant where we are currently so we can get the financing for that new arena and then move there if we think that's going to be the end goal of the franchise. And they didn't do any of that stuff. It's an embarrassment. Man, this is... Uh... I'm, I've gone from, you know, what, what Jesse's saying, this is an embarrassment and this is garbage and this is sub NHL and all that to now I'm just not even morbidly curious. I'm legitimately, I like, I cannot wait for game one. I'm watching, I'm watching live. I don't care what I have to do the next day. I don't care what's going on that night. I'm watching. Of course. Because don't you want to see the spectacle? Well, I have a different opinion on it. Was that? This might be the thing that helps us avoid our next lockout. Really? Because I think it's the one issue that the players and the owners are going to come together on. This, this sucks. If you're the NHL executive, you did not plan for when you when you built the CBA, you did not plan for a team not at least having the chance at selling fifteen to eighteen thousand tickets a night. Not that the Coyotes ever would, because they have to put a good product on the ice and be close to their fans. But now they don't even have a chance to do that. Now it's 3,200 max. Okay. If you're the players. No, 4,700. How dare you? No, it's 3,200 after the renovations. Oh. Because remember the TV and the dressing rooms and all that other shit. Which they all have to leave once yeah. they leave the stadium. Once they all leave, that, it's all. All of that's ASU property. Underratedly, what broom closet are they going to shove the officials in? Oh, I don't Coyotes know. are going to get 10 penalties a game. Um, Sorry. Then on the player side, when you agree to this CBA. You agreed in good faith that all of the teams in the NHL were at least trying to make money. When you, did a 50, when you agreed to a 50-50 rev split, you agreed that, yeah, most of the teams are, were trying to, to be revenue positive here. This is, this is what Alan talked about on Asian Provocateur. Right. But then they didn't put a provision in the CBA for what happens if a team just isn't. Just doesn't try to make money. They didn't think about that. Because why, why would you take a billion dollar or half a billion dollar asset and go, how do I make this less good? Right. How do I intentionally... You want to balloon the value. It's a great tax write-off. There's a bunch of reasons why you would want to own a franchise at that monetary level if you're a billionaire. Right. And I I, I don't know what the the PA is going to do, but I don't know what the owners are going to do either. And this may prompt a discussion where you have to exclude the Coyotes from any revenue share conversation on either side. If If I'm the player rep, Don Fear, who... Honestly, it looks like Don Fear is on his way out. Alan's actually one of the people that keeps getting brought up as the guy that's going to take take over. Ooh. Although Alan said on the show, he's like, "I'm a I'm a I'm a player guy, I'm an agent." Um, Can the, he it, will he keep keep doing the show? What if he was the NHLPA head? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's know. bullshit. I mean, I think he might be busy at that point, don't you? I mean, maybe. Well, now I hope he loses. Now, now we got the, uh, what is it? PA provocateur with Alan Walsh. <laughs> yeah. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> maybe. Um, I, the thing is, the thing is, I think that both sides of, can come together here because they're both getting screwed. If you're, if you're executive committee, like the Leafs are not on the executive committee, which blows my mind. The Rangers, the other most valuable franchise in the NHL, not on the executive committee, no, blows my mind. Not a Both of those teams not are bankrolling the NHL, along with Chicago and Boston and a few other franchises. I would be super pissed if I was them and I had to share revenue with these fucking guys. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, listen, if the one thing you can get the owners on is uh, somebody's taking our money, we're going to have a problem with that. 
They should just go to the Coyotes and be like, you're not allowed to draft. You just, no. they, they should want them to draft so at least they can put a good franchise on no, the No, fuck you. Redis, redisperse your assets. This is how you can start to pay us back. We get all your picks. Go out and find your own players. You suck. Dude. I don't know. Dude. I, I think there's going to be, I honestly do believe there's going to be discussions this summer between the league and the PA, and they're going to have to find some workaround because the Coyotes are such a special case, you can't go forward with the agreement. It's yeah. not in the spirit of the agreement. I don't know how Batman is happy with this. He can't be. You know? He's got to be. This is, how is he not pissed? I would love to know what he says behind yeah. the scenes. Like, publicly, yeah. who gives a shit? Next year, Pull when string. puck drop, game one, and this is the highest rated opening night game, that's, that's embarrassing for the NHL. And how does he not look at that and just be fucking pissed off? Well, and, and you think about this. So he just signed his five-year extension, right? When I, when I read, you, I, you guys this summer, I know you don't have time right now, read the, read the Ken Dryden book on Steve Monitor. Because it's about it's 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 yeah it's about Steve it's about his life but it's about NHL power dynamics and it goes into why Gary Bettman is as powerful as he is mm. and how he gained that power and if you look at his record if you're um, somebody who's like a king or an emperor you know a dominating figure uh, Gary Bettman's got a pretty good corporate uh, corporate uh, uh, emperorship going on mm. right now I don't love I don't love that I don't think that's good but as yeah, far but- as as far as grabbing power and hanging on to it, Gary Bettman's done a very good job. The one thing, and, and, and at, the, at his age, here's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about legacy. His, his coup d'etat, his pièce de résistance is, is that fucking salary cap. But the thing that makes him look horrible is what Jesse just pointed out. He's going to be remembered for whatever the hell the Coyotes have been for the last decade and a half. I mean, he's held on to power in the NHL the way that Scar held on to power in Pride Rock. Like, yes. yes, yes, he's in charge, but no one thinks that you're doing a good job. Maybe the hyenas. This, <laughs> this is brutal, Even dude. the hyenas were like, there's no food in the Pride Lands, Scott. Yeah, there's no food and no water. I'm try- I haven't watched the movie in a long time. Great film. Hmm. Did you know that my cousin tap dances? No, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, I'm fascinated by how this is going to go. I'm fascinated by how everyone's going to react to it. Once they realize, I don't think people have properly processed that this is happening. It's happening, yeah. Yeah, but like it's happening in articles. But we need to see it in Right. Oh, the second, I, I think it's going to hit a lot of people like a Mack truck uh-huh. when September rolls around. And even then, the first preseason game, you're, you know, who's really paying attention to like preseason games outside the Leafs, of the Leafs have played preseason at like Rico. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it like it's, it's, it's not going to stand Rico out. is five times. Sorry, four times the size of what ASU will be. <laughs> Wait till the first time the Kings or the Bruins yeah. or... You know, How about Austin till- Matthews comes home? Oh. And wait- it's on ESPN. Yeah. And they got a broadcast from there. What, like, where is the Stephen A. Smith rant on this? Where is that? Because... Like, I know they're broadcast partners now, but that doesn't stop him from hammering the NBA. All the time. On certain oh, issues yeah. or hammering the NFL. If this was the NBA, it would never get to this point. They, no. they wouldn't, the sport and the people around it wouldn't allow this. They would move the franchise. Yeah, Adam Silver would be like, move it somewhere else. No. I don't know. So someone's gotta, if, if this can be, I mean, because re- remember at the beginning of the agreement, we saw Stephen A, you know, very low hanging fruit and. You, you could tell it was forced. 
the, the way he was talking about the NHL. I can't wait for the first time he sees a highlight pack and he goes, they're playing fucking where? I want it. I'll tell you where who I want it to say it and when it's going to happen. Let's hear it. I want the TNT panel to cover Arizona-Toronto game. I want Wayne yes. Gretzky. I want Wayne Gretzky to look Wayne at former that. former owner. Former owner, coach. former head coach, former member of that organization to say, hey, this is not right. This is a These travesty. players shouldn't be playing there. And he'll say it. He actually has been quite opinionated. Oh, yeah. Dude, he picked the Flames to beat the Oilers. He had a perfect bracket. He picked this bracket live, and it was perfect at the end of round one. So it's still a perfect bracket. He's he's been really good on the broadcast panel. I I honestly thought he was going to suck. Oh, yeah. He's He's, never been great in interviews. He's had those moments that you need out of television now where you just go viral on the internet, and you you share an opinion, and people share it uh, because you're passionate about it, and you're correct in your opinion. And I think that... If they do a game, if TNT panel does a game in Arizona, he'll speak up oh, yeah. and he'll say the honest thing, which is this isn't right for an NHL team to be doing this for their franchise. Uh, it's they should be playing somewhere else. And there's going to be like, I've, I've seen this sort of thing happen at certain venues and it's going to be an issue. Media are going to complain about this big time because there's going to be some <laughs> sort of situation where they're going for parking or they're going to find food and they flash their past and, and whoever's working is going to be like, what the fuck is that? I don't care. Steve, do media people like to be pampered and have they, free things? They sure do. Oh, no. They sure do. <laughs> and they ain't going to get it at ASU and it's going to piss them off and their work is going to reflect it. You know what we should do? What? If the no? hockey news ever sends Mikey Stevens down, we need a step-by-step report on what it's like as a media member. Hey, guys. At a it's like TikTok. Arena. Hey, guys, follow me along as my reporter journey to the ASU Coyotes game. Yeah. First, I went to ASU. Then I tried to find parking. Then I made a TikTok about Florence Pooh. And then I... <laughs> Is the popcorn going to be stale? I assume, yes. Yeah, pro- well, hmm. they might actually have updated food, at least. Listen, it's- universities like know how to make popcorn, man. Yeah. No, I don't know. They got a bunch I- of kids and microwaves. It's slander. That's um, slander. Just no yeah. microwave. You're not allowed. No, not allowed. No microwave. No, it's a university. You're not That's, allowed. True. That's true. Yeah. Band on campus. Yeah. Dude, I uh, I can't wait. It's gonna the game one is gonna hit people like a Mac truck. I got a question. And be prepared for them to be in a playoff spot by Christmas. <laughs> Because the, no, and it'll be a quote unquote great story. No, I have a question. They're going to have a unique. Well, sorry, one second. They're going to have a unique advantage because teams are going to come to town and be like, "What the fuck is this?" And they'll be totally used to it and <laughs> win. They're going to win games based on that. Yeah, away teams you. are going to be so flummoxed by the whole situation, especially the Eastern ones who yeah. like never play there. Yeah. They're they're going to do their one and done, and they're going to be like, "What?" Like oh, you're expecting. You want players? an hotel? Welcome to our dorm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're expecting the Carolina Hurricanes and like New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning to be fully engaged for that game? Hell no, hell no, and they're not going to realize. Uh, that the coyotes are kind of running away with this until it's Christmas. And they're like, Oh shit, they're in third. Uh, my question is this. Does the NHL allow this to make it into the video game? It has to. Mm, does it? What's the, what's the phrase? I guess say they it could with, just put the logo at center. Ice. Say it with me. If it's in the game, it's in the game. It's, 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 no, no, I'm I'm wondering if <laughs> it's gotta be they in the don't game. just fake it and and put like a normal stadium size in with the coyotes. Like, like no. Why it's not? gotta be a part of the experience. If you're doing this, you're doing it. But I don't they know. They might not have the rights. Like, can they? Are they? Like, how how is this actually is it actually gonna look like ASU in the game? It better. Because here's the thing. Then it then it looks even worse. 
Because the stadiums look smaller in the game, and ASU is going to look like you went to uh, you went to your local rink. When I start my new franchise mode in September, when the game comes out, I'm doing Arizona. You should, a hundred percent. Oh, you and everyone else. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to make you sign a good behavior clause. Well, how about that? Okay, Jesse, <laughs> as a general manager, yes, yes, yes. You have to like set the hot dog prices and shit, right? I do. Yeah, and the yeah. parking and uh, all that stuff. How on earth do you, as the general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, intend yeah. to make money? Well, I'm going to set them really high. <laughs> no one's going to go. No, no one's, one's going to go. go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on a winning team on the ice. No, okay. you're not. Yep. Hey. The winning team generates income. The first player you have to get is Austin Matthews. You know this. Oh, I'm, now I'm excited for NHL 23. There it is. There it okay. is. There's your um, before we go to the press conference, which will be a bit extended today, I would like to read you a full Sutter quote on his Jack Adams nomination, because I think it is very him. You're going to hear him and me reading this. Okay. It's not for the best coach, first of all. It's the coaches voted for the best coach every year. Sorry, if the coaches voted for the best coach every year, you'd see quite a bit of a different list in the past 15 years, which I think he's right. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it, I don't need that on my resume. Some guys do, so I'd rather some young guys win it. Or maybe a guy that got a raw deal somewhere. A guy like Gerard Gallant. He got a raw deal in Florida. He got a raw deal in Vegas. If I had a vote, I know who I'd vote for. I love it. And I'd love a coach's pick for the best coach of the year, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that make that more compelling? I mean, who gets to vote for what awards is so arbitrary? The GM's vote on the Vesna? Yeah, why? Who votes on coaches? Uh, I have have no idea. That's a good idea. Jack Adams award. I'm going to guess media. Who votes? I'm going to guess media. Broadcasters Association. See, it's different. Yeah. Because it's not the PH. (laughs) It's not the writers. It's the broadcasters. PH. Pro hockey. hockey. PHW. Pro hockey writers association. PHWA. The PH, the PWHPA and the PHWA, H-W-A, it really, it messes me up A lot up of acronyms, time. but we can get through it. Um, I really have to override Members of brain. the NHL Broadcasters Association vote on the Jack Adams Award. I don't know what that is. It's a bunch of guys voting on the most predictable award there is. It's, uh, I think it's the announcers, you know? Like play by play? Yeah. Play is by play and play color by play? guys. Yeah. Oh. So like Chris Cuthbert. Yeah. Who I love, by the way. Interesting. I love, I love Chris Cuthbert. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, who would you have vote for it? Players can't do it. They're gonna vote for their guy. Or uh, are they? <laughs> Maybe they won't. Right. It's definitely, I mean, you can hear it in his answer. Daryl Sutter can't be the only guy to think that. Mm-hmm. Dragalant's winning this thing. There's this is going to be like a conspiracy. Dragalant needs to. Yeah, because he got I mean, he, he did he did kind of get screwed. Mm-hmm. Twice. Kind of. Kind of. Totally. Okay. All right. All right. The who vote the who votes on thing like I can't get past that. Cuz uh, now that we're ch- talking about it, oh yeah, all the awards are voted on by just different groups. And it seems like the NHL is like, okay, here's one, you get this one, yeah. and you get that one. And it's not really, doesn't really mean anything. 
Like, well, why does this group vote on that? I, I don't know. And the Vesna, I keep going back to the Vesna because it's voted on by 32 people. That's it. And they don't have time for this shit. Do, do you think these GMs are putting a lot of thought into their Vesna vote? No. Or are they just going, who has the most wins? Doot, doot, deet. Who's the best goalie against my team this year? These three. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Dubas definitely voted for Georgiev a couple years ago. Yeah. Like, 100%. 100%. And this year, he's voting Craig Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, let's do the press conference. All right. 